step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. He's done it again! Marcus Rashford on his Premier League debut! Aguero! Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League Podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, Pauli Quistel and Elliot Niblock. We are right on the cusp of the start of the Premier League season here. It's Friday as we record. Tomorrow, Saturday, games get underway. Finally, because I've tried to watch some of the Olympic soccer and it's been pretty, pretty bad. Well, you didn't like Germany's 10-0 thrashing of Fiji? I haven't even bothered. I'll watch. I'll watch the women this afternoon because that's an elimination game. But other than that, I haven't even tried. Yeah. So let's get into the Premier League ones and things kick off in the morning there on Saturday with Hull newcomers Hull taking on champions Leicester City. And uh, yeah, if we start a little bit with Hull here, I mean, this is the team. I know we talked last or earlier in the week, last episode. Paulie, you said that you thought that Sunderland might be the Aston Villa of this season. I think it's definitely going to be Hull. I kind of, I'm, I'm kind of changing my mind on that this year because I'm, I'm starting yeah. to, uh, not this year, this week. Yes. I'm starting to remember. We'll talk about this more, but I'm starting to remember how good David Moyes is. Yeah. So Hull, they haven't made any addition to the first team. They got a caretaker manager in Mike Phelan, and. They're on the verge of getting new owners. I mean, there's a lot of things up in the air there with that side. So, um, yeah, I, I'm assuming Leicester are just going to thump them. I don't think they're going to have one of those, oh, opening day heroics from a newcomer. No, not going to happen. No, this is a great match for Leicester because they get uh, their first kind of test in a way uh, in terms of how everybody loves to say, well, what's going to happen when Leicester have to have all the possession? Mm-hmm. And they don't, and they can't just hit you on the counterattack. So they get their first one of those uh, this week. But they also just get to play a really bad team that they can run away with and win. <laughs> and and everybody that's like, oh, Leicester's gonna come crashing down this year. You'll have to wait at least another week for that to happen. Yeah, I think this is a, a very yeah. I mean, very I think easy that's... game for them. Yeah, I. Oh, I well, that's agree. a little. That's a little yeah, rough. I, I... I don't really? think there's an easy game in the Prem anymore. I think Hull, yeah. Hull are going to be like Derby County bad. Yeah, so They're... Hull at home, Hull at home is is an easy game. I wouldn't I wouldn't classify any game as very 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 easy. Certainly not in the way match. So I, mean, I think Leicester will win this handily, but I'm I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, this is a very very easy match. I, I mean, Hull is going to be as close to an easy game as there is in the Premier League in yes. the 2016 2017. Yes, at home. At home, it's always a different story when you go away from home. I don't I, honestly; yeah. it, it's not going to play any difference. I think Hull might win like three games all season. 
Yeah. I mean, but, in, in, but in anything, it might actually play into Leicester's hands if Hull decides that we're going to play like a home team and, and try to hold the ball. That actually plays better for Leicester. Yeah. But I think they're going to they're gonna sit back and try to hit Leicester on the counter. Then again, I don't know what they're going to do because they don't have a manager. They have a caretaker manager. Yeah, well, yeah. hire a permanent one. It's the beginning of the season. You're already going into the season with a caretaker manager. That makes no sense. No, and that's one of the many dysfunctional things at, at Hull right now. So, yeah, easy win there for Leicester. As usual, we're going to try and get the scoring predictions right. Uh, I'm going to go 4 nothing Leicester on this one. Are we going to keep Ooh, track of these one, this big year? Big one. That's my uh, question. You're going to keep track of these and turn this into a competition. If you want to put in a spreadsheet and do that, then be my guest. Uh, that'll be tough. Because I am not taking on that <laughs> responsibility. I don't even. I don't even have a paper. Uh, well, we'll, we'll see. see. I don't know. We'd have to figure okay, out a way. I'm gonna to go score two, two Yeah, I'm going two 0 also. But we'd have to figure out a way to score it because soccer's not easy. Because you know, there's draws involved, and you're picking everything. And that is very much true. Okay. Here we. Here we go. On to the next game, though. We all think Leicester's gonna win that quite handsomely, though. Uh, Burnley, another newcomer. They host Swansea. Uh, in one of those 10 a.m. fixtures. Swansea, uh, a little bit of a... Let's see. They brought in Andra Ayu. That got done after we stopped recording last episode. No, they they sold Andre Ayu. Oh, sorry. Yeah, they sold Andre Ayu. Thank you. So, And they also sold Ashley Williams. So two of your most prolific players from last season, they're not gone. They did sign... Uh, Borja Baston from Atletico Madrid. But this team looks a lot weaker at the back without Williams. Of course they do. But yeah. as as easy as Hull City at home will be, Burnley at home I think might even be more easy. Might even be easier if we want to go better English on that. <laughs> the grammarians all thank you. I was going to say, yeah, I'm the foreigner, so... <laughs> uh, how mean, so? How so, Polly? Please do expand. Well, Burnley are like Burnley are more like Derby County than Whole City are in terms of historically. Historically, Whole City have actually managed to. Uh, they've hung around in the league once, didn't they? Do that? Didn't they stay up one year? Yeah, but just look at the teams this year. I understand that. First of all, the team that came into the season last year in the most disarray ended up being champions. So I'm just going to throw that out there against the wall and watch it fall off the wall. I Not don't know. I, but... I don't. You can't say most disarray. Lester wasn't in the most disarray. I mean, they were coming off one of the hottest streaks at the end of the previous campaign. So, uh-huh. but like, yeah. I mean, they had the Jamie Vardy race. This drama. It was. They were not. What in happened shape, over the sure. summer? What happened over the summer? What like their manager yes. that led them to that to that crazy good finish? Where was he when the season started? Not with the team anymore. Oh, that's more like Hall, actually. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So you know, let's not rule out Hall. So uh, I know I backtracked on that. Uh, forgive me. All is forgiven. When it comes to Burnley, when it comes to Burnley, they look like they look to me like Derby County. They're the team that's too good for the championship and not nearly good enough for the Premier League. They they come <laughs> up and then they get, just get bounced out right away. They're like yeah, they need some kind of footballing purgatory 
I mean, Burnley, like, Kings who of... on that roster even excites you? Who on that team even excites you? Uh... So, this is another good example <laughs> of, 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 of how of Burnley's team. When they left the uh, championship, when they left the Premier League two years ago and went back down to the championship, no one even came after any of their players except Tottenham signed a right back. There was no one on that team that anybody in the Premier League said, you know what, like, that's that guy's worth eight million pounds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're, uh, they're really not great. <laughs> I, I mean, for this one... I think that we, I think that Swansea are definitely weaker this year, but I still think that you have to favor them in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe Burnley because they are playing at Turf Moor, right? Burnley's yes. at home, yep. so Ooh, maybe that, Burnley big, can. Well, yeah. Burnley doesn't beat anybody at Turf Moor unless you're named Manchester United. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that they've got a shot at, at taking points off Swansea, but. I, realistically, I think Burnley, the most they can hope for in this game is one point, and it's borderline draw Swansea win. But I, I still think Swansea will probably take it. Holy hell. Burnley are favored by a lot in this game. Really? Yeah. I guess Vegas knows something we don't. Wow. Man. <laughs> yep. Boy, I'll, I'll, I'll go with a 1-1 draw on this one. I I think that possible, but I'm gonna give Swansea one more goal and say two on Swansea. I'm going one nil. Two Swansea. No, I'm not gonna say that. So that if the game ends one nil, I'll oh. take credit. Ah, I'll take on. credit for whoever gets it. But uh, speaking of Vegas I, and bet hedging, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I had to put a name to it, I'd say Swansea. Okay. Well, then we got Crystal Palace. They take on West Bromwich Albion. Uh, yeah. Crystal Palace, will they be able to find any kind of form, or what's the deal here, really? Very poor, poor uh, end to last season. Yeah. The question is, how much does momentum carry over from one season to the next? Well, I I mean, I I don't think you can make a blanket statement on that you know, for every team all the time. But they've, they've also changed a lot, right? Palace? No, they haven't. No, they haven't. They've just, they've well, they've just gotten, gotten rid of dead weight. Shamak and Adebayor, that's that's Yeah, good they got rid of dead weight, but they haven't exactly brought in... They haven't... Not necessarily saying you need to replace those guys because you don't. They both suck. But they haven't brought in anybody who might be able to put the ball in that. Yeah, I mean they. Yeah, <laughs> they had a pretty good preseason. I don't know how you know if that gives them some form of confidence going into the season, but I really don't know where to place Crystal Palace. I, I do still, know where to I place West they, Brom, though. Yeah, I still think they have the edge over West Brom. I mean, Tony Pulis today said he wants five more signings, yes. and it's like, what? What do you mean more? What do you mean more? Where where were your like? Where was your first one? Well, they're they're allegedly in for Christian Benteke. Yes, they are. And that would be, I mean, you know, that's a good signing. That's a good signing because Benteke they, can play for a crappy team. Well, if they had him, Barahino, and Rondon, that's those are those are all 
Premier League quality forwards. Now, none of them are going to be challenging for top scorer, I don't think. No. But, you know, there's still three serviceable Premier League strikers, and that's uh, that's a pretty good they'll forward up, line for West I mean, Brom. They'll be up there. They're, they're Jermaine Defoe-type strikers. They, they'll score against the not top echelon teams. But against and, anybody else, they're well, – And that's good and, enough for safety. And in this game, they're playing a not top echelon on team mm-hmm. so boy paulie you're talking me into picking west brom in this fixture <laughs> Ooh, you'll hate that yeah they, so so far they've only brought in matt phillips uh from qpr so yeah i i can understand that pulis wants five more signings every time i pick a tony pulis nothing, side to win i just die a little bit inside nothing sells tickets more than saying hey we brought in this guy from qpr mm-hmm Yeah, oh, uh, I'll give Palace the benefit of the doubt here. I'll go one nothing Palace. Yeah, I think I think you just stole my pick. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least give West Brom a point. I'm gonna say one one. Okay. Of course, it's Tony Pulis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we got Everton. They host Tottenham. Uh, Tottenham. They fizzled out at the end of last season. They finished third. Uh, whereas Everton had another poor season under Roberto Martinez. He left. They now have Ronald Koeman. They sold John Stones. That deal went through after we stopped recording. So, what a fantastic deal for them. Yes, yeah. uh, a little bit over yeah. $47 exactly million. Pounds. What I said they should do is, is, you sell, is sell John Stones for way more than he's worth. Take $15 million of that. They only took twelve. Yes. Um, and sign an actual real capable defender who can defend yes so they brought in ashley williams from swansea and yeah i mean that's a really good signing for them uh and they're gonna bring in yannick boazi yeah is he worth 30 million though in today's day and age everybody's worth you gotta pay for goals yeah goals are worth money yes I don't want to go all baseball saber metrics on you where they just tell you how much money you have to spend on runs and stuff but goals are worth money I'd be interested to see a wins above replacement statistic for for Ashley Young and Marilyn Fellaini. Oh, <laughs> oh God! Yeah, Marilyn Fellaini is like less than one win above replacement, less than one point above replacement. <laughs> but like, but here's the thing: you can't do it in in soccer because when those guys play, like, um, like Manchester United had one of the best win rates when Johnny Evans played. Especially in like the 2013 season or something like that. It was like when Johnny Evans played, United seemed to always win. And it was, well, mm-hmm. he's also playing against the crappy teams. You know, like he doesn't play against Chelsea and Arsenal and against teams that beat us. He plays against West Brom and uh, Middlesbrough and Crystal Palace where, you know, we win those games and it's just, you know, he's in there to give Nemanja Vidic a breather. So it's, it's kind of the same thing. I almost feel like is like, cause I think United do seem to win a lot when Ashley Young plays, even though he just never belongs on the field. <laughs> well, you'll have to double check that stat. Uh, the Ever- wins above for Michael Carrick, though, would be sky high. They never win without Carrick. Yeah. So Everton under the management of Kuman can, how much of an improvement can we expect them to make? A lot. Because, yeah. I mean, 11th, two seasons in a row, that's just unacceptable. Well, you had a, yeah. you had a manager that just neglected defense. Yes. Versus now you have a manager that can do a lot with not a lot. You know, or a manager that 
he gets a lot out of the talent that he has. He's good at developing young players, which is a is a very Everton-like trait. They love bringing in young players into the squad. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be good for Ross Barkley because I think Barkley started to lose his way under yeah. um, under Roberto I, Martinez. That's, I think that's spot on. It's a good it's a good move. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tottenham. Hey. Meanwhile, we spoke about their signings last episode: Victor Vanyama and. Uh, Vincent Janssen, how they provide some much-needed depth to this side. Uh, do you think Tottenham can kick things off with a win here and sort of get off on the right foot? Why don't we find out what the Arsenal fan has to say about yeah, that? Yeah, it pains me to say it, but yeah, I, I think Tottenham can win this fixture. I mean, there's been you know some talk about, oh, how much of a hangover is Harry Kane going to have from the Euros? I don't think that that's a real issue. I, I think that, that is the most team... BS thing I've ever heard in my life. The fact that everybody yeah, right. keeps saying like, oh, but Tottenham had so many players in the England squad and they're all probably mentally destroyed. Get out of here. Yeah, no, definitely not. I mean, United, if any, look at the team United they, had. It's how better players, that they got knocked out early. How many players are in Manchester United squad this year? 23? Well, 19 of them were in Louis van Gaal squad for two years. So that's mentally getting destroyed. <laughs> yeah, they've they've got and, some and hours of therapy. Also, to do every press that. conference he he gives, he goes, "Well, you know, there, you could tell that Van Hall has been their manager and has been ingraining a certain style of play into them because they're still playing like scared wussies, like <laughs> they still are. So that's mentally beaten. Oh, the fact that the fact that five Tottenham players lost to Iceland in one game over the summer, like get out of here. Yeah, I, I I'd rather them think about. Get, losing to Iceland because their manager tactically gave them the worst game plan ever than, than thinking about how they freaking completely melted down against Chelsea last year. Mm. Yep. I, yeah. So I, I think Tottenham are the clearly more talented team. I think that, you know, this will be a good rebuilding year for Everton. I think they can probably finish a couple places higher than they did in the last two seasons, but I still think that they're going to have to wait for the second round of fixtures in order to get some points because Tottenham are going to win this game. Having said all that, I don't know where this game is going. (laughs) Okay. I mean, here's the thing. Tottenham, here's the thing about Tottenham. Uh, Have they even played a game yet? Like, they went on a preseason tour of Australia where they left their entire first team at home, pretty much. So those guys haven't played together since may uh are they fresh probably but you know training 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 you can only simulate game action so much they haven't played a game together um everton have everton have been playing games but when they have been playing those games they have looked so bad and so boring that I don't know if they could just snap out of that funk, but they have been without Lukaku, I believe. Has Lukaku been playing for them in the preseason? I have not paid attention much to ever since preseason. I know that Tottenham... Did he play against United? I don't think he did. Honestly, I don't remember. I know Tottenham Tottenham played a pretty pretty solid team against Inter when they whooped them 6-1. Oh, yeah, they did. They did last week, but that's also Inter. Like, that's Serie A. Tottenham would win Syria if they were there. Um, no. Yes. No. <laughs> no. Juventus would still win Syria. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with Seb on this one. Yeah. 
know. Tottenham were right at the top of the Premier League last year, and that's a tougher league. I, I, get I, a I lot still of kickboxing in Serie A. Wait, come on. You guys and most of the world craps on Serie A all the time because the quality has gone way down. We could agree on that. The quality's gone way down. Yeah, but and I don't crap on it. It's a it's totally different style of, of soccer. And now you're going to tell me that the second best team in the Premier League from last year wouldn't win? Oh, you mean the third best team? Yeah, no, they wouldn't win. The hey, they, fin- me. they finished third. <laughs> finished third. They were the second best team. Okay. They were better than Arsenal if they don't if they don't implode against Chelsea and get their entire their entire team suspended. They finish at least a point above Arsenal. And yet, I think that that implosion bespeaks the fact that they are are actually the third best team because no, they that perform. Implosion bespeaks <laughs> the fact that they're young and that happens to young players and that's totally okay. Wayne Rooney, the same thing happened to Wayne Rooney when he was a kid. Like, I want my young players to have a mean streak like that in them, and if they get a red card. So be it. It just sucks that all, the red cards all came in one game. I will have you note that I am taking the high road and avoiding this opportunity to make yeah. a comment about the intrinsic inferiority of Tottenham to Arsenal. So wow. move on. Kudos, kudos. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Yes. Uh, so they did look really good against Inter. Yeah, that was still Inter at home. Inter, first of all, all these non-English teams play like the longest preseason schedule ever. Yeah. Bayern Munich and and Dortmund have played like nine matches so far, and the season doesn't start in Germany for like another two weeks. Yeah. And that was, to be fair too, that was Inter under Mancini too. I think they're going to be a lot better under Frank de Boer. Yeah, they already lost the manager. Either way, Tottenham also, also, historically, pretty bad on the opening day of the season. Mm -hmm. Not that great at it. They seem to slip up a lot there. And these Everton-Tottenham games always seem to be played out evenly. So, 2-2 two, two draw. Uh, yeah, if that's what you're going to go with, I'm, I'm saying 1-1, one, one, just like they ended last year. Yeah. I, I, I think those are both very possible. And actually, Paulie, now that you mentioned that, I do remember them playing out pretty evenly in the recent fixtures. Always. I, always. I still think... I don't know. I, I'm, not, I, I'm not willing to... I, I still think Tottenham are going to take it. I'm going to say 1-0. Okay. Well, then we got the last newcomers, Middlesbrough. They get to play at home against Stoke. Uh, so after seven long years in the championship, Middlesbrough are back. And they're going to open up with a win. Are they now, Seth? Yeah. Tell us about it. No, I, I'm high on, I mean, I'm not high on them, but I think that they are in, definitely in the best spot of the newcomers. They've done some good. I think they've do, done some really good signings. Uh, Victor Valdez is going to win them points on his own. So, yeah. yeah, opening up with like a one nothing win over Stoke on opening day. Yeah, that's a pretty pretty good start. Stoke are a tough draw, though, man. They're yeah. they're a really talented team. Yes, and they are. Absolutely. They're very talented, but I also feel like they like need, for some reason, I feel like they're the kind of team, even though they all played together last year, I feel yeah. like they're the kind of team that needs a couple of weeks to get going. I, I agree, and I don't. I still don't know that we ever last year saw them play up to their potential. Like it, it we did. still, it felt we like not. a talented group of guys who were not quite playing to be even equal to, and certainly not greater than the sum of their parts. But you know I what? Mean, you know what? It's not necessarily their fault because at the same time they still do play in Stoke. Like it's still cold there. It's still rainy. It's still windy. It's hard to play 
that that's that nice style that Stoke want to play in that stadium. It, that's not an easy place to play. It's kind of like um, the Chicago Bears when they go out there and they sign a quarterback and they sign these great wide receivers. And it's like, oh, but you still play in Chicago where it's crazy windy and and the passing game just doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. As much as you want to bring Which those fine guys in Green in, Bay. Yeah. As much as you want to try to bring those guys in, like your stadium still isn't exactly built for it. So good, you know, kudos, kudos to Stoke for trying to, to, to play a different way. It's still not the easiest thing in the world. I think they will get better at it. I mean, I think they had a couple of good showings last season. I mean, they they did, but then as soon as they get going, they get injured again. Yeah. I mean, they had that two, nothing game over city. Um, with Arnautovic scoring two early goals, they did beat Manchester United two nothing as well. Both um, those teams were bad last year. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had a really, you know, right, someone's getting a little feisty today. That that really good game against Everton that ended four three. That was a fun one. Oh yeah, I. Uh... I think Middlesbrough, I mean, we talked about this last week. I think Middlesbrough are going to have a good season. I think they're the most likely to stay up of all the newcomers. I'm, I I, still think that this game's probably going to end up as a draw. I don't know that Middlesbrough are going to be able to win it, but I think that they'll have a strong showing and still get something from it. Yeah, I'm going one nothing Middlesbrough. Yeah, I kind of like Middlesbrough too, and so do the bookies. But I I feel like everybody's discounting Stoke. Yeah. They're God. They are a really. I mean, is and we've talked about this before on this show. But that a lot of the names on this team, you look at those names three four years ago, and you would never believe that they were playing together on a team in England unless that team was a perennial top four contender. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Shakiri, Ibrahim Afalai, Bohan Kirkik. Like these are all players that were tapped for you know, in their, like, kind of 20, 21-year-olds. Like, they were on or I mean, being scouted by the biggest Boyan, clubs in Europe. Boyan Kirkic was pretty much Adnan Yanezai before Adnan Yanezai. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I remember seeing him come on as a substitute for some games for Barcelona and looking pretty damn good. Yeah, and the cha- his, his, his claim to fame is he's the first person born in the 90s to play in the Champions League. No, I, 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 that is a piece of trivia I did not know. He came on against um, against United in the 2008 semifinals. But, I mean, he, he was a guy that came on, you're right, when he was 18 years old, and he looked fantastic, and he just never really put it together and, you know, got the finished product out there and grew into the player he was supposed to become. But, I mean, but the thing is that playing on this team – as clearly not the number one striker, right? And a player who can play wide or arguably centrally, but I think probably better wide. Like he's he's just one piece of a larger puzzle, and I think that's much better for him. Yeah, you know. I mean, he did he did. I mean, looking at his you know career here, he made over 160 appearances for Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. all of them off the bench. Uh, but, a lot but of them still, off the bench. I mean. That's kind of like that's kind of like how many how many appearances has Cesc Fabregas made for Spain and how many of them have been starts. Same principle. Yep, but still not a play you would assume. If you say Stoke, it's not a play you would assume like oh yes yeah that's a Stoke. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm looking at I'm looking at Middlesbrough's team right now. You know they brought in uh, Negredo who 
wasn't great, but wasn't terrible at Man City. It's just, you know, you're playing behind mm-hmm. you're playing behind Sergio Aguero. Like, why strikers keep signing for City is beyond me. Like, you're not better than Aguero. So you're not going to play there. Um, they have Fabio De Silva, so I'm in, instantly a, a Middlesbrough fan right there. Um, they also have Stuart Downing. That's a classic Premier League player. So yeah. he's got some experience in there. And they have David Nugent, who is still alive, apparently. Yes. Yeah, I mean, no, so, and I mean, look, looking at the other players they brought in, too. Victor Fisher, really good. Martin Deron, really, really good. And then they just signed uh, Fabio Da Silva, one of the Da Oh, Silva David points. Nugent is the guy who had one of the worst goals ever for England. He's the one that... Uh, it might have been voted like a worst goal. He played. He has one England cap. He has one goal. It was Jermaine Defoe like made this move and pretty much kicked it, and it was just about to squirm over the line, and David Nugent ran on and kicked it in. <laughs> yep. Any way you can get it. And then they also have Jordan Rhodes, who's you know he's a solid striker as well. Maybe more suited for the championship level, but we'll see. So let's see. I said one David nothing. Nugent was after the match. David Nugent expressed genuine satisfaction over having accomplished the one cap, one goal, yes, national team record. <laughs> Bro, you kicked in Jermaine Defoe's goal. Yes, Paulie, <laughs> scoring prediction from you. Um, every you know every opening day, there's like a crazy match. There's like a game where like the sun is shining and everything looks really cool and new, and the goals just start flowing. And it's kind of a result we didn't really see coming, and it makes you look up and be like, oh, look at that. And that's going to be Stoke when they win 3-1. Oh. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. I'm, I think it's going to be a draw. I don't know if it's going to be 1-1 or 2-2, but I'm going to go 1-1. Okay. And then we got Southampton against Watford. Uh, oh, yeah. wait, 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 yes. wait. Seb, yes. what's your pick? I said one nothing to Middlesbrough. You said one no. Yeah. Yeah. I did say that. I, I, yeah, I kicked off with that. Um, yeah, but then I started talking, and you know, yep, I don't remember. Yep, that's like, true. That's true. Yeah, so Southampton, they take on Watford. Uh, Watford had a good season last year as newcomer, especially in the first half, like we talked about, and they sort of dripped off towards the second half, but they had enough points, so it was all good. Uh, Odeoni Galu signed a new contract. Um, Southampton, yeah, new manager. A lot of turnover again. Do you think that Claude Puel is going to be able to do what Coleman did as far as being able to cope with all the, you know, turnover in the squad? Well, if you pick if you predict them to not be able to do that, then you haven't learned your lesson. Because Southampton have done this before. They've they've lost their manager. They've lost their big players. They've let their big yeah. players go to Liverpool. They've let Liverpool pay them a, an atrocious amount of money so that their big players can go be crap players for Liverpool. Um they seem to hold on to the players that really make up the the core of the squad. Um, and then they bring in, you know, your solid replacements. You know, they still have Fraser Forrester. They still have Jose yeah. Font because Jose Marino hasn't come and taken him, him back again. Uh, Jay Rodriguez is fit, I believe. Although, I'd and have I... to double check that because Jay Rodriguez is never fit. Yeah. Uh, they still have Charlie Austin. Uh, they still have Dusan Tadic, who hasn't hit his potential yet and really can. Um, and they also just—they always have one or two players who you never really 
see coming because they have maybe the best academy in England. Right. That's Yeah, exactly. They can still promote from their academy because literally – Every English player, it seems like, in, in the Premier League has come out of the academy, or pretty much like all, like, it really does seem like every English player has come out of the academy of either Tottenham, Southampton, or Manchester United. I mean, the, 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 lower, the lower echelon of the Premier League is literally made up of ex-United players like Craig Catchcard and, and even more now that Sunderland is starting to poach them from United. And, you know, Theo Walcott came out of Southampton, Gareth Bale's out of Southampton, uh, Adam Alana, the whole the whole crew. We all know the story there. They've also, they've lost their manager before. All right, last year was last year two years ago when Morgan Schneiderlin was in the team. Southampton won when they, when he wasn't in the team. They could never get a win. So mm-hmm. it looked like Schneiderlin would be the straw that broke the camel's back. No, they improved on last year. Yeah. So they lost their manager again. Yeah, they lost uh, Victor Wanyama. They brought in uh, Pierre Emil. Holberg, Holberg, <laughs> letters that aren't English that I don't know how they're supposed to be pronounced okay. in their native language. Hey, um, Biari. Yeah, we got. Wait, there we go. Wait, what? Our native what Scandinavian. Hey, Biari. That's how you pronounce that. Yes. He's Pierre. He's Pierre. Pierre Emil. Hey, Biari. He's he's Pierre Emil. Yeah. From now on. Yeah. Um, you know they still they. I'm a I'm a big Harrison Reed and James Ward Prowse guy. I think I think both of those guys are gonna become something. So it, this is just again uh, the team better than the some of their parts, and they've got some good players in their under twenty threes, like some good uh, England youth internationals in there that could step in and and play some roles. I just. Do I think that they're going to finish sixth again? No, I think the league is too good for that. Do I think they're going to finish? Uh, they're going to be in a relegation battle? No, that's no, definitely not. That's naive to say. Oh, they this this year is the year that the guys that they lost. That they're I think not they'll still finish in the top half. Yeah, yeah I mean, some, somewhere than. between eighth to tenth. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly where I think they're going to finish. And Watford, who finished eleventh last year, they're the big re- uh, regression candidate. So I think Southampton will take care of them. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you, I you meant Fraser Foster keeps a clean sheet. Yes. Yeah, standard. And standard, yes. I mean, especially at home. Yeah. Uh, I know James Ward-Prowse has been a fixture in the first team for a long time already. He's only 21, but is this... No, it's time for him to, like, actually play Yeah, well. are we taking, uh, you know, taking the next step, sort of be become a leader on this team, despite his young Either age? Either do that or go to Cambridge. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Cambridge United? <laughs> No, uh, the university. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> or Oxford. Oxford. Yeah. He can, I don't, he can go he to was, either one. It was. He's. He was like. Yeah. No. Like he was on track to like go to one of those schools, and he chose football instead. Oh. He's like probably one of the smartest players in the Premier League. Oh. Well, good on him. Good on him. Yeah, Watford. I mean, yeah, they got a lot of goals out of Igalu and Dini, especially during the, that first half of the season, and they're one of few teams playing with two strikers. Um, I just don't see that happening again. Like, yeah. good on them that they got their money, but I mean, now, now there's a lot of pressure to perform, and I don't see it happening. Yeah. Yeah. What else have they done as far as the transfer market? Uh, Nothing. You know, they brought in all those players last year. This year, not so much. Yeah, that's true. They did bring in quite a few players last season. Let me just look real quick. Transfers in. Yeah. Woof. Yeah, not a lot of stuff <laughs> there. I mean, uh, 
Yeah, Christian Cabasele, Jerome Sinclair, as we spoke about last time around. Another Liverpool reject. And then Isaac Success. Give me Southampton 1-0. Give me Southampton 2-0. I, I, I don't know where their goals are going to come from yet. Yeah, I mean, that that's the only thing. I mean, since they lost Mane and Pele. Uh, but but they got to spend that money. That money's going to be respent. Yeah, well, they've got a couple weeks left to do so. Yep. Yeah, I, I think 1-0 Southampton it's, sounds right. Bear in mind, the team is now going to be built around Charlie Austin, so he could have a big comeback year. Hmm. Yep, he, uh, he came in there in January and scored right away and then sort of went quiet for a bit. Yeah. Okay, Southampton all the way there. And then... Close off Saturday, Manchester City against Sunderland. Uh, Sunderland actually signing some players here. They brought in Donald Love and Paddy McNair from Manchester United. Uh, combined fee of 5.5 million pounds. And then today they also yeah, signed... Yeah, recouping that Pogba money! Yeah, they also signed Adnan Janusai on a loan. That's... It's not a loan with an option to buy, though, is it? No, it's just a season longer. No, because Mourinho came out and said today, Anand Yanazai is in my plans. Yeah, so I was, we, I was just going to say, get out of here, Jose. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, how much time does he have left on his contract? The only way, um, no, because it's easy. If if the only way Anand Yanazai is returning to United is if he lights the world on fire on Sunderland this year. And United are like, well, we need to put you in the first team next year. Then they'll offer him a new contract, mm-hmm. so he will stay because that's and it's a free signing for United. Otherwise, if he has a very mediocre year, like David Moyes is going to love him, and he'll just re-sign with, um, and then and then it'll become a permanent move. Yeah, he's, he, his contract expires after next season. Yeah, but if 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 he has a be- if he has a mediocre year. We'll just sell him to Sunderland for a combined fee of five point five million dollars. It's it's a good it's a good move for Sunderland and not not a bad move for United either, and a great move for the player himself because you know he's going to get plenty of playing time at the yeah, stadium. Moyes loves him. It's a great move for Sunderland. Mm-hmm. Moyes loves him. Uh, it's rare to say this, especially in the last three years, but he was at his best under David Moyes. Yeah. So, and I mean, I guess Moyes Moyes knows he's a left winger, so maybe he'll actually play him on the left wing. Uh, I know, crazy concept. Don't mm-hmm. tell your friendsmen that. Like, but otherwise, I mean, here's the thing, though. There's when there's smoke, there's fire, and it's been reported constantly that that Moyes was interested in Yanazai and Fellaini, and now he's gotten Yanazai, which means he probably was interested in Fellaini. So, hey, David, like, come on. Come and get him. <laughs> Obviously, Mourinho like Mourinho rates Fellaini a little bit, so he's not just going to loan him to you because he will use him. So you'll have to pony up money that you know you do have because there's a new TV deal that makes sure that everybody has a lot of money, and you could take twenty million of that and spend it on Fellaini. I don't Come know. Get him. Do you think they'd let him go for just twenty? Yeah, because he ain't worth the twenty-seven that they paid for him. No, that's, say, he, that's... he's not worth twenty. No, he's not. So if oh. someone came and said, "Hey, here's twenty million for Marijuana Fellaini," like United would be so happy to let him go. 
that see that shocks me just because like the amount of inflation that we see in the market at this point like an experienced belgian international like fellaini i mean i know you guys have no love for him and i'm not saying that he's the best midfielder in the premier league or anything but i would be shocked to see a fee of anything less than 25 million for maryland his skills fellaini. his skills with his elbows far outweigh the skills <laughs> that he has with his feet and his afro <laughs> Uh, maybe and we should join UFC. Blonde, like, oh, I mean, the guy's a disaster. So what do you think uh, about McNair and Love, though? Two younger players. We're never going to get their chance. They're, they're just, and, and you know, like, you know, McNair's, he's Richie DeLay. He's Craig Catchcar. He's everybody. How many, I mean, the whole bottom half of the Premier League is littered with ex-United defenders. I'm fine with it. No, I mean, how do you think he'll fare at Sunderland? Oh, good. He'll get a chance. Yeah. I would, I would still like them to bring back DeAndre Yedlin, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, there was even... I saw some stuff that Moyes might actually use him as a central midfielder, too. McNair? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he likes that because someone said... When someone says, and I think it was... Was it Van Hoff? Well, no, McNair was playing as a central midfielder in United's youth teams. Moyes... Sir Alex Ferguson one day went, oh, I think Phil Jones could play defensive midfield, and Moyes took that and ran with it. I mean, <laughs> Phil Jones appeared as central midfield all the time under David Moyes. So it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Manchester City then, like we said before, they ponied up big money for John Stones to replace the heartbreaking loss of Martin Di Michelis, <laughs> uh, who actually find a new club. He's playing for Espanyol now. Is he now? Yep. Wow. God, I'm 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 sad to see him go just because I love to see him fail. God, he was so bad. He was so So bad. bad. (laughs) Yeah, do you think Pep Guardiola is the right man to get the best out of Stones and further his career? He'll he'll work with the passing attack that Guardiola likes to play, but Mm -hmm. the defending aspect really needs work. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like they could make a good pair, Stones and Company. I mean, Company would definitely have to take a lot more responsibility on the defensive end. Um, But yeah, 47 47 million pounds. He's the most expensive Premier League defender. Oh, nice. So the pressure's off Luke Shaw. Yes. (laughs) Although Luke Shaw might still be the most expensive teenage defender. Oh, whatever. Um, yeah, and probably the most expensive left back. And... Yeah, but I, I, Luke Shaw is going to be. Do you know long... what though? If you're a Manchester United transfer and you're not the most expensive something, like I mean, do you have any value then? Are you even good? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know about that, but. How many players in United's team broke some sort of transfer record? Luke Shaw did. Juan Mata did. Uh, Paul Pogba did. Um. Mickey Tarrin did. Um, who else do they got? Slatan. I mean, Fellaini, like, it was like, hey, you have a buyout clause. We're going to spend more money than the buyout clause. Everybody's got, like, a weird transfer story here. Yep. Mm. Martial broke a transfer record. I mean, come on. Come on. The whole team is one transfer record <laughs> after another. Yes. Thank you, Eddie. Why are we winning after? Oh, right, because buying championships doesn't work in England. Uh, yes, they do. Yeah. Hey. Just ask City. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, but they didn't. They never bought sustained success. You know, they've never won two in a row. Ask Chelsea. They're the they're the Florida Marlins. Chelsea haven't won two in a row. Yes, they have. Over ten years ago. Oh yeah, but they 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 bought success. They bought success and they won two in a row. Four of that team was still homegrown. Yeah. I mean, where's the honestly? Where's the core of United team? I don't even know what the core is because if you're going to tell me it's Rooney and Carrick, they're they're combined seventy years old. David De Gea is core now. Not homegrown, but yeah, whatever. He's been there a long time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, part, gonna go I, with the long-time players. It's Rooney, Carrick, uh, De Gea, Young, Valencia. Two out of those five, I want like gone. Yes, Just get out. Yeah, we'll get to Manchester United in a second, though. But let's wrap up things with City first. Uh, in addition to bringing in Stones for a lot of money, we've talked about the other place they they brought in, like Gundogan, Nolito, and Sane. Um, I've heard Gundogan's name said many different ways. Gundogan is the first time I've heard it that way, and I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that's definitely not the correct way to say it. Honestly, he has the German Y in there and the weird little G sound from Turkey, so I have no idea. Yeah, like, the come ge- on, The man. German Y? You mean the umlaut over the U? Yeah. Wait, what, the what? Yeah, it's called the German Y. So it's, maybe it's Gundogan. Never, I have never heard it called that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Gundogan. Well, I'm Gundogan. not. Gundogan. Yeah, Gundogan. Martin Tyler in FIFA 15 says Gundogan. Yeah. Gundogan. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the accent over the G is. We need a linguist up in here. Yeah, we need to stop having so many German-Turkish hybrids. Uh, careful, that's a loaded thing to say. No, I'm, I'm just saying that, that, that it makes for... Some, we need to build a wall and keep them out. Some, oh uh, oh some, weird, some weird, weird names, that's all. No, they, yeah. make, they make great football players. Yeah, so there'll be do. a gate in the wall and we'll let them in. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, what else? Oleksandr Sinchenko, uh, young Ukrainian. So, I mean, they, they've actually got in some youth now, too. Because they had a pretty, pretty old squad. Cool. You think playing like you know Gabriel Jesus, great player. Uh, Ignacio, which or Ignacio. Yeah. I should know his name by now. Like, yeah. This is a bad job by me. But, What's his uh, first yeah. name? Kelsey. Kelechi. Kelechi. He, you know, he's a good player. None of them are gonna play. I mean, I, I would assume the Stones is gonna play. I think Lirosane is. Stones is, is gonna play. Lirosane is gonna come off the bench. Um, Ianacho is going to come off the bench. Yeah, you know, here's my problem with with these managers is your is they keep going to different places so that they could show that they that they win wherever they go, but they're only interested in winning when they're there. So Mourinho, Pep, they are managing for the here and now, and you could bring in as many youth players as you want, but they don't they're not going to take the time to develop them. If if you can help me out now, you'll play, and if you can't, you're not going to play, and for for players like um, like Kingsley Coleman last year, it was like you know what, like you you provide some value playing twenty five minutes a game off the bench, but was was that really the best for Kingsley Coleman's development to play twenty five minutes a day? I mean, you know, 
Say what you will about his inactivity in the transfer market, Arsene Wenger is the antithesis of that in terms of the amount of time and investment that he puts into developing young players. I mean, and he, you know what? He's also not a continental manager. He's been in Arsenal for 20 years, so he understands the value of building towards tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, <laughs> he know, only really did that when he managed is that, Japan. The problem is, is that, that tomorrow for most of his players comes for different teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, we'll see about that. Yeah. But, okay, so scoreline in this one, Manchester City, Sunderland. Mm, I'm, I, I, it's hard for me to see Sunderland getting a goal. I mean, I think Stones is going to need a minute to settle in, but I still think City win this uh, 2-0, 3-0. Yeah, let's go with 3-0. Come on, guys. Have some, have some Stones here. Ha, 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 ha. 4-0. Sunderland, I mean, it's going to take them a little bit of time to settle in under Moyes. Yeah, John Stones is a shaky defender, but, I mean, Sunderland, are you really expecting Jermaine Defoe to come up big here? No, that's why I'm saying 3-0. I think they're going to try their best to just keep the scoreline down. No, this is classic, um, classic game where, like, Aguero scores two, De Bruyne scores one. Like, all the big players get themselves in the score sheet, and then, like, one of their new... Uh, their new signings will come off the bench and they'll score. You know, they'll bring on someone will make their debut with like 28 minutes to go, and in the 84th minute they'll score. Sane. Could be Sane. It could be. Um, it's gonna uh, be. Sane. Yeah, I guess it'll be Sane. Yeah. Unless Sane starts, which would be kind of ridiculous because. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. You have De Bruyne, David Silva, and Noido. And Noido is like a pet favorite. I'm, I will say that I am excited to see an entire season of Pep Guardiola managing. Just because, I mean, obviously I've been familiar with his teams for years, but I don't watch La Liga or the Bundesliga week in, week out. So, you know, regardless of where he ends up guiding City to this season, I look forward to kind of getting more familiar with his managerial style style on a week-to-week basis we shall see. i mean i think that one thing i will say is that i do believe this to be the truest litmus test he has had as a manager so far in his career because he's entering into a much more competitive league with a much less developed team that underperformed the previous season as opposed to waltzing into munich with the all-star studded squad that's going to crush the rest of germany with the exception of dortmund but still run away with the title and also you know i mean Barcelona two, out of, has their great two out of those three years still they, two out of those three years they crushed dortmund yeah absolutely i mean that's and that's the thing and is last that this year is, last year dortmund pushed them to the end but in the first half of the year when they played they won 5-1 yeah. yeah i mean i think that i think that manchester city is it, it's exactly as you said, Pauly, like him wanting to come in and prove that he can win anywhere. And yeah, well, th- this is going to really be the biggest test for him. And I think that if he if he manages to guide City to the kind of success that he has with previous clubs, especially if he's able to do it in his first season, then it's going to be hard to call him overrated. But I also think that yeah, no, he might, he might be biting off more than he can chew with this challenge. I 100% agree. Like, if he wins here, I, I will shut up about overrated. I just think there's definitely the argument to make that he's pretty overrated considering that he he had all of his success in Spain where in a league where there's, you know, at the time it was, it was 
Barcelona and Real Madrid, and then Atletico came on a little bit late. But yeah. he did but his win first, the Champions League there. His he first years there, Atletico were, were totally rebuilding, and yeah. you know the third team in Spain was twenty points behind the top two. He he did win he did win the Champions League there, but again he had the Spanish national team, which was in the midst of winning European Championships and World Cups. And oh, by the way, he also had the best player in the world that at striker, which is the one position Spain didn't have, and it was the one guy that actually fit the Spanish style. So mm-hmm. he did have that. And then he went to Bayern Munich, where it's a two-team league. He happened to catch Dortmund. In one of those years, he, he caught Dortmund in the worst season of like their, that they've ever had. And he also came in. When he came in, Bayern Munich had just, over the last two years, just bought Dortmund's two best players. And any other player that even shows a glimpse of potential in Germany, Bayern Munich snatches them up. So, you know, show me that you can win in a league now where you can't just buy, like, your biggest rival's best players. You know, if if, uh, Anthony Martial has an unbelievable season this year and United and City are one and two... It's not like Pep could just be like, ah, oh, I'm just going to buy Martial for myself next year. Yeah. It doesn't work that way in England. No. Yeah. But they still win this game. Yes, that they, <laughs> that they will. Okay, then we get to Sunday. They still and... this week or this season? No, the, this weekend. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, 100%. You're, yes. Playing, you're playing David Moyes in Sunderland. Yep. Yeah. Over to Sunday and uh, early game there is Bournemouth. They host Manchester United. And Bournemouth, yeah, they... They managed to stay up. That was their main goal as newcomers last season. They've done some stuff on the transfer market. They uh, We'll see if we get to see Emerson Hindman, all you Americans. Not yet. He's been injured. Ah, uh, that's too bad. He missed most of the preseason with an injury. So mm-hmm. They also brought in uh, Lewis Cook from Leeds, a promising youngster as well. Uh, Jordan Ebay from Liverpool and Brad Smith also from Liverpool. Um, on the other side of the spectrum, Manchester United, they broke the transfer record, bringing back Paul Pogba from Juventus. He'll be out for this game as he's suspended. How did this news just break today? I, honestly, I don't know if people just didn't know that that, that doesn't... Carried over. Yeah, that it carried over. Of course it carried over. But like, this is one of those things that like, it's just like, they always seem to make a big deal out about these things. Whenever something is getting involved, like you can't talk about Tottenham season without talking about how Dembele is going to miss the first three games. Somehow, when the Pogba transfer was going on, you would have thought one person would have been like, "Well, he's going to miss the first week." No, everybody was too wrapped up in the amount of money. The, that, yeah, but, I mean, that earlier this week, could have been pounds. like, "I mean, how did this just break today?" Well, it's actually shocking to me. Yeah. But that being said, I think they'll all do just fine without Pogba. In one game, yeah. um, maybe I mean, they only win two nil instead of four nil. I mean, he just started training with them too, so I, I careful, careful there, Elliot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they. We've seen the other signings they've made: uh, Hendrik Mkhitaryan, Slatan um, Ibrahimovic, Eric Bailly. So, United are loading up. They are making a push. Uh, Jose Mourinho wants to win everything, which is the correct mindset if you're at united and i'm pretty sure it's a harder j in jose jose i think 
I, I, in Spanish, it's Jose, but yeah. he's Portuguese, and I'm pretty sure Jose. he goes with a hard J. Jose. Yeah. Jose. The special pouty one. Yes, the special pouty one. betrayed him last season. Yes. I don't think uh, the United players are going to betray him. Uh, <laughs> not yet. No. I mean, no. here's the thing. Here's, here's the only reason I could get behind Jose is because last year, Louis Van Hall literally turned the club into a joke. It was a joke. How bad they were, how everything, his, his press conferences, his nonsense, how the club didn't try for anything. The fact, that, the fact that it was like an accomplishment when we beat Sheffield, Shrewsbury, and Midtjylland in like consecutive games. That it was like, oh, we're actually on a roll now heading into Arsenal. Like, come on, one of those clubs doesn't fit. It just turns out that we, we did beat, we beat Arsenal pretty bad in that situation. But then I'll turn the club into a joke. And now with Mourinho in here, I at least know that this year the club will not be a joke. And next year, the club will not be a joke. And in the 2018-2019 season, the club will probably be a joke. But at least I have two years now where it won't be. Mm, I don't know. I'm not that pessimistic. This isn't pessimism. This is history. (laughs) This is looking at the history of Jose Mourinho and saying, what is most likely going to happen? The thing that's happened over and over and over again? Or, you know, something that has never happened yet. That is yet to happen. Because he's yet to make it through three years at a club. And, and you could see it in his managerial style. He could come in and tell you about all the different players that he's given debuts to. But of those players, I, of the 49 players or 47 players that he listed, you and I have heard of about three of them. And there's a difference between giving players debuts, which he gives players debuts because he plays with a squad of like 20. And guess what? People get injured. So you have to then, when you, when, when you have a squad of 20, that's not even two players at each position. Uh, so when you lose two center backs and you lose someone else, boom, now you have to call in a youth player to give him a debut. That doesn't mean he gives them a chance. And you could tell by the way he does things is – he doesn't. He's managing for the here and now. He's bringing in, you know, he's bringing in veteran players. He brings in an, an older Zlatan Ibrahimovic. You know, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is not going to help this team in three years. No, of course not. He's here to help them now. He is the then and now. And this is what I always said when I was before, um, before Jose became the manager. I always said, is it worth like is one maybe two league titles worth sacrificing the next five years for? I mean, we've. It's I think that's an years. exaggeration. He leaves teams that have... Well, here's the thing. is he, he Here's... United, in previous years, United would not stop buying after after Paul Pogba. Now, granted, Sir Alex Ferguson would never go on a spree where he brings in Mkhitaryan, Zlatan, and Paul Pogba. But in pre, there's two central midfielders out there that if Sir Alex Ferguson were managing this team, they'd be United players already. And that's... um. West Ham's Reese Oxford, who's 17, he'd be a United player right now. And uh, Will Hughes of Derby County, who's like 21, he would be a United player. I'm, I'm not saying that either of those guys are going to be unbelievable, but those guys have a lot of potential. And United's midfield's kind of old, and they'd, they'd come into the team and they'd play 15 times this year, mm-hmm. you know, mostly as substitutes. But they'd get their experience, they'd – and they'd start to get in the team. Jose Mourinho, that's never going to happen with Jose Mourinho. He manages for the here and now, and in, in two or three years' time, it's going to be a much different team. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I Like you said, I mean, Slotin is not there for long haul. I think it's going to be a maximum of two seasons. God, Elliot, you yeah. got to strap in for this because you, you had already conked out by the time we got to United on the last show. There is going to be a season-long debate between me and Seb over Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I he, the thing is that he and Jose Mourinho Jose. are, are – <laughs> he and the special party one are going to be either a perfect – or terrible combination, and I, I don't, I don't know exactly which it's going to be because the thing is that they're both immensely talented, and they both have two of the biggest egos in the entire world of global football. Yeah. And I think that if they combine together, and Zlatan's name always stays first on the team sheet, and he plays really well, and they have a lot of success, then I think they could be, you know, like the co-captains of the football team slapping each other on the back and talking about how much better they are than everybody else. Or if things kind of go south, I could see that being a, oh, the players betrayed me, sour locker room situation. And you know, you know how it's going to end up going south? How and in, when, Volley? How and when? In November, when Zlatan does something that's kind of not really a big deal, but something to piss Mourinho off, and he ends up starting him in an away Europa League game. <laughs> is that was that something that's really going to make this Laton mad? I feel like he always just wants to be on the field no matter what. I don't think he wants to play in the Europa League. Oh yeah, I don't know that anybody does. He well, wants, to, he wants to add another trophy to his chest, so he'll play in the Europa League. Don't worry about that. Um, I don't think he'd play in the group stage. Uh, like that. First of all. Like, last week, Jose came out and said, like, United's fringe players, like, you're going to have your chance, don't worry. He said, mm -hmm. in September, the Cups are going to start, which also infuriates me to begin with because it kind of just assumes, like, hey, none of you guys are going to play. And then when the, cap, uh, when the English Football League Cup starts and when the Europa League, comes, uh, when the Europa League starts, I'm just going to throw out a completely new 11, which does not help the team in the long run. Because what happens if somebody gets injured? Now you're going to bring in a guy who to play in the first team in the Premier League who doesn't really hasn't been playing with the other first teamers all season. No, I, mean, I mean, you got to change one or two here and there. It can't be a we're going to make nine changes for the Europa League. No, I mean but, he can. I, I feel like he could do sort of that thing for the League Cup if he wants to play the reserves. I'm fine with that. I don't care yeah, about the League Cup. The League Cup, I don't care. But the, the Europa League, you know, in theory, Zlatan should start three of the six group games. But at the same time, that also means, you know, once or twice in the Premier League, he should be rested. That's not going to happen. You know, the, the Europa League is going to be uh, Rashford's time to shine. And Rashford's going to be sitting on the bench, uh, replacing Wayne Rooney late in games and scoring lots of goals while still not making it into the starting 11. Well, I mean, I feel like that that's the time where you play, let's say you play Slatan for an hour and then take him off. So he's still right. fresh for the weekend game. Um, so we'll see how he manages that. I, I mean, I'm hoping that we'll, I mean, this is sort of inside baseball, but I'm hoping that we'll, we'll get to see Callum Gribben at some point of the season. I know that's more for me and Polly. Um, but because Callum has shown great potential, still young. You're you're going deep 
yes. into the well of youth players. I'm just Indeed, hoping we get yes. to see Timothy Fosumensa. Oh, who signed a new contract. Oh, even though like a week ago it was like, oh, Mourinho said you can leave. Yeah. Yep. Four year new four year deal for Fosumensa. Back to this game though. Yes. I like what Bournemouth have done over the last two years. I like the fact you know, when they, you know, when they have a team that together came through the ranks, you know, they were mm-hmm. all the way down and they were about to play non-league football and they had defenders on the team last year who, who started games when they were in league two. And I like the fact that they came up together and they, they obviously added some pieces last year, but really they kept the core of the team as the team that, that got them there and the core of that team, cause they got decimated by injuries, most of which came to the players that they signed. Um, so the core of the team stayed up in the league. So I like the fact that they didn't go out there and make big, big signings. I think they made some nice signings, like giving Jordan Ibe the, the, the chance to play every week in a non, mm-hmm. with not as much pressure as he had in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. going to be a really good signing. And that's going to yeah. get the most out of Jordan Ibe. But for the most part, they're keeping the core of that team together. And I like that. Uh, United typically have historically they struggle when they play games on these small narrow pitches never more so in the louis van hall era and you know they they still you could tell and and it's been driving jose Mourinho nuts there are still plenty of louis van hall in them when they have the chance to play a nice ball in behind the defenders and instead they square it to the central midfielder and and still play a little bit slow and it drives them nuts but that's going to be a big test is it's a it's a first big test already. It wasn't really a surprise that United lost to Bournemouth last year at Bournemouth. Can Jose get get a win here in a in a stadium, in a in the type of stadium that United have historically struggled in, especially recently? And Jose Mourinho's opening day record since like 2008 is pretty bad. Three wins, five draws. How is Slatan Ibrahimovic opening record? That's the big key. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like, as 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 much as I love Marcus Rashford, I think you guys can tell I'm facetious about it a lot. Seb like truly thinks Zlatan's scoring 35 goals this year. No, I'm not saying. I think he's going to get over 20. 20 in the Premier League or 20 yep. all competitions? No, no, no. 20 in the Premier League. All right, that's. I would love that. But I, I'm sure you would both love that. Yeah, I would, I, I'm going to say he gets 20. Right on the I dot. don't see yep. Zlatan getting getting the kind of season that Van Persie had in 2013. Especially no, if he gets to take like the free kicks. Eight goals or something. Van Persie scored 30. But like yeah, 30. but that was the kind of but that was the kind of year where whenever he had the ball, you were like, oh, or like whenever you saw the ball go in the air and you're like Van Persie might get on the end of this, like you said something might happen here. And I don't know if we're gonna feel that way about Zlatan. Then you haven't seen enough of Slatan. I haven't. I, I will admit that. I haven't. But what I've seen so far is just, you know, all right, like you're really good and you're capable of scoring some majestic goals, but he seems to drift in and out of matches. You know, what I'm saying, you know, like, yeah, we, we discussed this last week. Uh, he was invisible for 89 minutes in the Community Shield and then he scores one goal, but he really did nothing all match. And you were like, that's all you need. Yeah, that is all you need. There is a value to that. But, you know, like, you never thought during that year of Van Persie, you never thought Van Persie's been invisible all game 
he might still score, but he's been he's done nothing. You know, you were always aware Van Persie's here he, and he might do something. You know, we have a dominant player who is on tremendously great form. And I don't know if we're going to get that this year. Well, I think Zlatan scores a goal and Manchester United wins this game too, though. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say too. I say 1-0. No, I, I think, you know, especially if he gets to take the free kicks, uh, 20 goals, that's totally achievable. Then he sucks at them. Memphis sucks at them. We don't have a left footer. <laughs> yeah. You don't want Blint to take free kicks? Uh, <laughs> God. Uh, although maybe Mickey Tarian can, yeah. can drop one in there. Yeah. Okay, then the uh, high-profile game. That's Arsenal taking on Liverpool in the late game on Sunday. And, yeah, Arsenal without any central defenders. Uh, <laughs> Murdersacker injured. Gabriel injured. Uh, Koscielny is being rested since he had that long run with France at the Euros. So the latest is that they're probably going to line up with Rob Holding, new signing, and uh, Callum Chambers. Yeah, who's played center half in a pinch for us before. But this is as pinchy as the pinches can pinch. He played well. (laughs) He played well in the preseason, though. You know, Rob Holding also played well in the preseason, but he's also never played a Premier League game before in his life. And I, I, God, we, we need to sign Mustafi. I, I don't care if his price is more than Wenger wants to pay. We absolutely need to sign him. But I mean, and that's the thing too. I'm, I'm sorry to cutting you off here, but. 30 million pounds. Is that really too much for a player no, of this caliber? For, no, for an experienced German international, absolutely not. He's he's a world champion with Germany. And granted, he was a you know a late inclusion in that squad due to injury, but nonetheless, like he is an experienced central defender who has played on the highest level for international play at least, mm-hmm. who also has top flight experience in Europe. And if you I mean if you think that he's realistically gonna cost less than 35 million euros then you're kidding yourself and i mean look like he's he will maybe not have as long-term success as john stones but he might and he's going to toss 12 14 million pounds less than him yeah no i would take mustafi over stones any day yeah I mean, in terms of the current fin- finished product, right? Yeah. Like, it's possible that Stone's ceiling is higher than Mustafi's, but that's going to be a few years to find out. And, but the, the getting back to this game, though, I think Rob Holding has a great future. I think Callum Chambers, I rated him highly when he showed up. He kind of got pushed out from the first team. I still think he's a quality defender. I don't think that that center back pairing is going to be able to keep a clean sheet. With the possible exception of great heroics from Petr Cech, but even then, I see Liverpool scoring in this game. Now, I'm going to be optimistic and say that we're still going to win it 2-1, but I was looking, speaking of the Vegas odds, Paulie, I was looking the other day, and Liverpool were a a 2.5-to-1 underdog yesterday, which is ridiculous to me, given like how much, you know, how many question marks are hanging over arsenal at this moment how much pressure is going to be on them especially due to the dearth of signings i do rate granite Xhaka very highly and i think that 
how deep we are for the first time in years, years and years at center defensive midfield means that at least we have players who can shield that back four. Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, starting a player who's not a natural center half with a player who is a natural center half, but it's 20 and doesn't have a minute of premier league experience to his name in the first game of the season, against an historically huge club who is coming off a rebuilding year with a manager whom I respect greatly. Like, I I don't see them keeping a clean sheet in this game, and it's going to be down to whether or not the midfield for Arsenal can produce goals, which maybe they can. You know, maybe Sanchez scores a brace. Maybe he scores a hat trick. That's possible. But Arsenal need to sign a center back. They needed to sign a center back before Paulista was injured for six to eight weeks. And you know what? They're lucky that he's not out longer because I watched that game and he was stretchered off and he didn't take his hands off of his face the whole time he was on the ground Mm -hmm. and the whole time that he was taken off into the locker room on the stretcher. And so I think it was, he thought it was worse than it actually was, but he's still out for the better part of two months, if not an entire two months. I have a couple things. Go ahead, Paulie. Well, you you can finish. No, I mean I've I've pretty much said my piece. It's just it drives me just drives me bats that Arsenal haven't already signed a central defender because this was an area of need before Murtasacker was injured. It was an area of pressing need when Murtasacker was injured, and now it's an area of crisis. And the club just lets themselves slip into these situations year in year out. Yeah. And I'm just, I saw a great I saw a great line yesterday that said Arsenal still have needed a striker ever since. Kareem Benzema didn't get off the plane that he was supposedly on back in 2013, 14, 15, and 16. <laughs> um, I have a couple of things, though. Two, the first two to make you happy, Elliot. One, Liverpool, most overrated team in the league. Two, uh, I don't care if a player hasn't played a minute in the Premier League before. And I actually hate when people hold that against you in pretty much all walks of life because everybody has to get their start somewhere. You need you 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 know you can't do your sec you can't do your second something until you've done your first something. Yeah, that's fair. So everybody needs to get their start somewhere. And if you want to think back to opening day of last year, Reese Oxford put Mesut Ozil in his back pocket, and Reese Oxford was a 16 year old who had never played in the Premier League before, and he put. It's not like he put a, a, a like a Joe Allen in his back pocket. He put Mesut Ozil in his back pocket. So yeah, like. Let's give the kid a shot. My one concern is when they signed Rob Holden is I saw on Twitter, someone tweeted at Stu Holden who, you know, played for Bolton for years and said, I'm an Arsenal fan. What could I expect out of this kid? And Stu said, great kid, great defender. He's a long-term buy though. He's not ready for the Premier League yet, but he will be like, you know, give him a year in the reserves. He will be. And that's my concern is, and now all of a sudden he's starting week one. You know, like, give him a year in the reserves with Arsenal. And if he's dominating it in December, you give him your chance. And all of a sudden he steps in. And it's That's a different story. But now you're doing it week one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be a little bit concerned about Arsenal up front because, you know, they don't have a striker. Apparently Alexis Sanchez might be playing striker tomorrow. He which is, is robbing Peter to pay Paul. Because you want <laughs> yes. to. Yes. That's Sanchez a good metaphor for it, actually. Um, but yeah, otherwise they still, I guess they have good attacking options, but they don't have their best available attacking options. No, they can, there's big questions about their defending Liverpool have now a plethora of attacking options. 
granted, one of them is still Adam Lallana. And, you know, how much will Daniel Sturridge play before his hamstring explodes? <laughs> they can't defend either. Let's not pretend that all of a sudden, oh, Dejan Laverne had a couple of good games at the end of the year last year, and all of a sudden now he's ready to be the leader on defense along with a bunch of guys who have never played in the Premier League before? Come on. Like, they can't defend either. There's that never played in the Premier League before again, though. Uh, I think different for an English player who yeah. played in the championship to come yeah, up. I, I, that's, I agree. that's one other level as opposed to that's just a level higher and a little bit different, you know, technically. But as opposed to players that have, you know, played in Germany and other leagues where now they have to adapt. And, you know, they're not from England. The mentality and style in the championship is more similar to the EPL, even if the overall level of play in a league like the Bundesliga is higher, far higher than the championship, and the highest echelon is closer to the EPL at a Bayern Munich. And also English player, like he's, you know, he doesn't have to acclimate to living in England. I mean, so the thing is, I do appreciate you calling me out on my hypocrisy. (laughs) I mean, the the thing is that I, so I remember watching Rob Holding in one of the preseason friendlies I think it was actually against the MLS all-stars and he looked he looked really comfortable granted it was against the all-stars with one moment of exception when he just but he just like kind of looked a little out of sorts in the one goal that we let in from Drogba and I I just there's gonna be a moment like that on Sunday there might even be two or three now can the other players around him bail him out can check bail him out Probably for at least one of them, but I st- I still don't see us keeping a clean sheet. But I mean, you're you're right, Paulie, that I I also don't rate Liverpool's defense terribly highly, and I mean, I th- God, I think Wenger's probably going to start Theo Walcott up front, and he he also I mean, in our in the game that Paulista was injured, that last preseason fixture against City, he had a good game. But that was also the only good game he had all preseason, and he had two or three abysmal ones. But he's, you know, he is uh, the love child of Arsene Wenger. Well, I misused that phrase, but yes. <laughs> Arsene Wenger loves it. The truth is, the truth is, I kind of think Arsenal, you know, Walcott himself, not a great striker, but I think Arsenal play better when Walcott's their striker. Yeah. Um, the other problem with this is, Arsenal for, you know, we all know the Arsenal ways. They start out well, then they get hurt, they fade, they come back strong again, then they get hurt in like February, March, and then they finish strong. Just They do start strong, but they don't start week one strong. Since 2009, they've only won on, on the opening day of the season twice. Mm-hmm. And... Including I, a nightmare think, loss to Aston Villa when we had a bunch of transfer questions hanging over us, what, two, three years ago? You had a nightmare loss to Aston Villa. You had a nightmare loss to West Ham last year. Um, Although West Ham proved to be a much better team than any of us. Yeah, but you them. lost like your first two home games last year. Yeah, this is true. Hmm? Um, there's going to be goals in this game because there is attacking talent and there's no defending talent. And I just I think it'll be 2-2. They're just not going to win. That's that's very possible. And I, it kills me to say this because I think Liverpool is so overrated that Arsenal should have their way with them. But, alas, 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Mm, two, two. That sounds uh, pretty accurate. Then we wrap things up on What's Monday. What's Elliot saying? I, I, I said 2-1. I'm still sticking with it. Although I actually put down a bet on a... A two-two draw, just to hedge my bets. Also, because oh, yeah. the odds on it were ridiculously long. Hmm. 
There we go. Wrap things up on Monday with a London Derby. Chelsea taking on West Ham. Uh, new manager, Chelsea. Antonio Conte. We'll see if he... Uh, how long do you think it's going to take before the tactics sort of sets? Well, he's not going to a three-man defense. I think that's a smart move, though. Yeah. But here's why. And this hasn't gotten nearly enough play this, this summer. One of Chelsea's defenders, and they don't really have a lot. No. One of them is John Terry. Yeah. And they've all of a sudden gone from John Terry to being being a bit part player to like, uh, they might be relying on John Terry kind of all year. And that's not something you would want to do at this point in time anymore. No. Well, I mean, I think you're going to rotate. You got Terry. You got K. I mean, Cahill is your number one Hale's center your guy, back. But that's yeah. why, yeah. I mean, if you have John yeah, Terry, totally. you can't play three at the back. No. So you got Cahill. Then you got Terry, Zuma, and Ivanovic. Ivanovic. Is Zuma back yet? Uh, is he still hurt? I think see. he's still hurt. Is he still hurt? Let's uh, see. I thought, thought so. Oh, yeah. Wow, boy. Targeting a return before the end of the calendar year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, then you're down so to Ivanovic and you're Terry. You're looking at a... Uh, you're looking at Terry playing a lot more than you originally thought. Yeah. I mean, there were questions all over Chelsea's de- like defensive depth or lack thereof at the beginning of last season, too. Exactly. And John Terry was a year younger. People are just forgetting about it. Yeah, and then I mean, I, I remember when Rio Ferdinand started to get old and slow, and it was like, thank God we're not relying on him every week. You know, we had Smalling, who was supposed to come into his own. He eventually did. We had Phil Jones. He never did. Um, but it, it, at a certain point, it wasn't Vidic and, and Ferdinand every week anymore. Mm-hmm. And and for good reason. And now you're it's supposed to be like that for Chelsea and John Terry, but it, it's kind of looking like it's going to be John Terry. Yeah. I mean, that puts a lot of pressure on N'Golo Kante. Mm-hmm. It does. He's going to actually... I mean, he's going to have to take a lot of responsibility on the defensive end. Um, but I yeah. also... I mean. You know, even if even if the number two center back has a lot of questions over it, I rate Gary Cahill as one of the best center halves in all of the league. Uh, I do too, but I also think that that's a testament to how bad the center halves are in the league. <laughs> okay, this well, day that's, and age. Uh, that's fine. Well, then I think I think the world itself has a dearth of strikers and center backs. Yes, I, I absolutely agree, given that my team is in for both of those positions and has consigned none of them. So it's not. I mean, my team has strikers. We don't have center backs, though. Yeah. And, I mean, where are you getting them from? I mean, well, yeah, like case in point, I, I thought that David Luiz's transfer fee when he went to PSG was absolutely absurd, and John Stones just heightens the absurdity. Right, and, and then we just said Ashley Williams is, like, a great signing for Everton. I mean, Ashley Williams is an average defender at best. Mm-hmm. Second part of this too, though, um, you know they've been playing Ivanovic on the right a lot of times, forcing right. Aspilicueta to play on the left, even though he's a heck of a lot better on the right. Ivanovic is really good on the right, though, like really, really good. Not anymore. He had a bad start to the year last year when yeah. so did everybody. Like uh, yeah, he yeah, he was in a black hole. Yeah, well, like he's playing better than now. There's a here's the best way to sum up this game. 
this game between Chelsea and West Ham. One team is trying to prove that last year was a fluke, and the other team is trying to prove that last year was not a fluke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so West Ham, they brought in Andre Ayew from Swansea, uh, club record 20.5 million pounds. Uh, they also signed a new left back in Arthur Masuaku from Olympiacos as uh, Cresswell is out injured. And then Gokan Tore from Besiktas in on loan uh, alongside Jonathan Cagliari, uh, Argentinian striker. It's going to be very interesting to see how Dimitri Payet handles this season. Yes, or, yes. yes. I, I mean, and, but in terms of – so I agree with you entirely – in terms of the season as a whole, but more in this fixture, it's going to be interesting to see whether he starts or even plays. Because I mean, he also obviously I, uh, had a long he will play European campaign, and Billich said he. Well, yeah, Billich said he wasn't sure if he was going to start him or not right. yesterday. Yeah. But I mean, think about last year. He ca- he came on at the beginning of the year. No one knew who he was, mm-hmm. and I mean, you some people might have known who he was, but he was an underperforming player. And there was no pressure on him. He lights the world on fire. West Ham get get off to a great start because of him. He gets hurt. When he comes back, he just keeps playing, playing well. But at this point, you know, he's at now he's the guy. But West Ham are already having such an unbelievable season by their standards that yeah. even if they fade down the stretch, it was like okay, you know, he makes the France team, steps up, and he's the only player for France that shows up in the group mm-hmm. stage. That now, West Ham, there's pressure on them to build off last year, which requires another good start, and that requires Dimitri Payet to be Dimitri Payet again yeah. right from the get-go. That's a lot I'm, of pressure. I, I think that, I mean, granted, the pressure is still on, and if anything, actually, in the situation I'm about to discuss, there more pressure is on that. But the one thing is that he's at least not going to get marked out of games, right, even though, obviously, the, you know, like, the news is out about Dimitri Payet. But his free kick specialty is just, you know, second to none. And so he's still going to have opportunities to change games from set pieces. Yes. And, but, but the pressure has been on him in that sense for a long time. Get him a goddamn striker that can actually like put a head at the end of his crosses. I mean, there were times where he would cross in beautiful crosses and if looks could kill, Andy Carroll's been murdered several times. (laughs) This is like, it reminds me of when, of when United would would break on a three-on-one and Wayne Rooney would be wide open in the middle and Nani would have the ball on the right and he would just take it himself and Rooney would be like, what the hell, dude? Mm-hmm. Like, it was the same thing. Like, Dimitri Payet just being like, dude, come on, could someone finish one of these? Yeah, we'll see if Andre Ayew gets off to a good start if he gets the, you know, gets in the starting lineup right away. Um... Either way, I think they show up. I think they do it. 1-1. First of many draws for Antonio Conte's Chelsea. Hmm. I. I think I think Chelsea win two one. God. Okay. I'm gonna go West Ham two to one then. Hey, look yeah. at us. We got a, a three way split on this yeah, one. Yeah. So we got a little bit of a miniature upset there. Uh, yeah. Well. Uh. Good for the. I just. You know. I'm. I'm not. I buy into Chelsea and Antonio Conte, but I can't fully buy in until I. I can see for myself. Which Diego Costa has shown up this year? Yeah, yeah if he even sure. gets a start, they did bring in Michi Bacuai, and he's supposed to lead the new Didier Drogba. So yeah, but he also like you know didn't really make the Belgium team, and we'll I see. think he's a work in progress. Yeah, he's still young. Twenty-two years young. 
Well, that's going to wrap things up for this episode. We'll be back probably Tuesday to talk about all the good stuff that happened over the weekend. Until then, as usual, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Paulie is P. Questella WFAN. And Elliot is Keats Was Better. And then, of course, the main Twitter handle for today's corner kick is Today's CK. So have a great opening weekend, and we'll talk to you again soon. Until then, goodbye. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 